All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Doing well. Happy Black History Month to you, Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh you hear in the background, uh, former NFL veteran offensive tackle, TCU's very own Marshall Newhouse in the building with us. Marshall, how we doing, man? I'm good, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was on the edge. They tried to get me, but I came through. I'm here. I can say, man, you had the uh, you had the long run. We got a lot of NFL news to get to today. Obviously, the big oh, thing yeah. happened yesterday that we are going to get to talk about. Someone that Marshall knows pretty well from his playing days, but you did come off the unique grind of the former player national championship run hustle for your TCU Horn Frogs, man. It. it how was the ride leading up to it? Because I know you got that back end sickness coming off of it, like we all usually do for some of these big things. But how was the ride leading up to that? We haven't really talked much since I saw you out here for the title. Yeah, it was great. I mean, if you just count, this was the first year uh, that I had kind of really been away from the NFL, and I happened to be doing a, a pregame show for the TCU football all season. So I was uniquely close. You know, as an alum, you're, you follow your team, you root for them, you cheer for them. But – I was uniquely close 
I had been getting to know some of the players and the new coaching staff, and I was up there for all the home games. And so that run leading into, you know, postseason, I was like, wow, I got to go. Like there was just never a doubt. I was like, once we made it, I'm, I'm following, I'm going. Um, and then, yeah, Fiesta Bowl, Arizona, we went expecting a good game. We went expecting TCU to compete. And, you know, we're such a small school punching above our weight class. We expected, you know, you know, if we lose, we lose, but I think we'll, we'll, we'll have a good showing. And then to win that game and make the national championship, you're just like, whoa. So there was never a doubt. Um, once I once we won, I was like, I booked everything right away. And um, luckily I have some family who lives in Southern California, so made a trip of it. But, yeah, SoFi, uh, tailgating in the rain, uh, just all the things that normal fans do, I, I did it all. So I'm happy for it. I'm grateful for it. But – it was a crazy little run. Yeah, the uh, tailgating scene is always, to me, the most interesting whenever you get done with playing, getting back to actually go and experience that. Really, like, I remember the first time I went back and did it at a Notre Dame game, I looked at my friends and I was like, I see why you guys all used to leave at halftime of our <laughs> games. I'm exhausted here drinking it's, a cold full time job. Lot. It's a full-time job. And, that, you know, there's a big uh, mess made about – so far, not allowing like traditional tailgating. So it wasn't, you know, we it was more just drinks in the lot. But just seeing countless people that you went to school with from grades above you, below you, uh, it was just a reunion for, especially for such a small, small school. So no, man, it was great. Uh, you got mud stomped on national TV. But, you know, you take the good with the bad. <laughs> Shit, man. Uh, as someone who's had to cope with that for about a decade now, you just enjoy the ride. I, you know what? I blame you because you called it leading up to the game. You're like, <laughs> this feels like Notre Dame, Alabama. I was like, nah, Mike, shut up. You're not, nah, nah, nah. You're not right. That doesn't make sense. And, of course, it was worse than Notre Dame, Alabama. It wasn't Eddie Lace, Lacey running through Manti Teo. It was the entire Georgia offensive defense running through both of our offensive defensive lines. It was – that was brutal. Well, how's Again, the alumni the f- feeling yeah. after that, like bouncing back? Because it, obviously it was a great run. You got to celebrate. Uh, hey, to celebrate. Hey, what me? Hey, what me? <laughs> 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 oh, hey, they, they, would, me. they wouldn't have done me <laughs> like that. Yeah, believe. Like that. <laughs> Oh, the exact. That's the exact right attitude. It was yep. really a, t- a ton of fun. Uh, I got to get down to Fort Worth a couple of times and cover the team and be around you this year and, and see you out in Southern Cal. So really cool run. TCU was one of the best things that happened to college football this season. Yeah. So hopefully now can keep up, you know, in the new Big 12, some version of that. Garrett Riley taking his talents to Clemson, a lot of the change yeah. there. But certainly, you know, strong foundation laid by Sonny in year one. So Exactly. You, you take all that good, uh, even with the, the rough end that you take all the good the exposure uh tcu just you know showing out for themselves in a lot of in a lot of ways i mean from fandom i mean you know rough estimates we have you know a hundred thousand living alumni all that stuff they're talking about michigan with five times that at least um and for tcu to show up and fill up half the stadium and cheer and be loud and that's something that was pretty special so people saw that you know we're, we're real and legit and now it's about it's not, it's not, none of it's a failure, uh, you know, getting beat in the national championship. It'll all be success if you use this as a launch pad. If things continue to progress, if your, if your floor continues to rise, and then obviously you have seasons where your ceiling is high, you make a run, but your floor has to go up. And so, I, I, you know, I'm hoping for that. I think they have the right guy in Sonny. 
but we'll see. But it, it was fun nonetheless. Incredible run there. Uh, a great cap to college football season to have the Horn Frogs involved. Uh, we might as well get to the big news on the docket. I woke up yesterday, <laughs> and considering we record these podcasts the day before and put it out the morning of the day, waking up at 5.30 local here in California to see that Tom Brady has announced his retirement via Instagram video on the beach certainly <laughs> was not the nicest thing I was looking for as I posted yesterday's news reacting to all the coaching information out there. But we did finally get it. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady announced his retirement from the NFL, said there's going to be no long goodbye letter this time. He used up that token last year. Uh, Marshall, when you saw this for now the second time, same day two years in a row, did you actually believe it this this time around when you saw a guy that you spent the 2019 season with the Patriots, you protected this man on the battlefield. Do you believe him this time when he says he's done? Yeah, I, I do. There's just, there's just so many other things that are, you know, concurrent happening right now. We just saw him just play pretty well above average. He was a quarterback. Anyone would have wanted to have on their team throw 66 times in a divisional playoff game and lose to the Cowboys uh, on a nine and eight team. Um, we saw, you know, speculatively struggles in his personal life. There's just so many things where you're like, even for him, he's defied the odds for over six years, at least, you know, playing beyond any anybody's uh, average expected length for a quarterback. And you're like, man, it just feels like he's got a, it's okay to like walk away. You're just like, you want, you want him to be okay with it. Cause you're like, you have nothing to prove to us. You know, you've done it all. Literally you, if they could expedite the hall of fame process and it not be five years, you'd be in tomorrow. Like what are you, you're not doing this for us anymore. So I saw him, you know, on the beach with his toes in the sand. I'm like, good for you. Good for you. And then I also, I think there's a little bit of, I think he has a little bit of salt for Shefty, because those dudes last year just ruined his whole operation. He wanted it to be on his terms. He might have walked away last year. Um, you know, he was leaving Tampa, he said. But I think there's a little bit of him not being able to control the messaging. And he's like, all right, I've worn out my welcome. I think it's time. So, you know, good for you, Tom. Um, again, nothing to prove to us. You know, go, no. be, go be a dad. Go – Get that 375 M's. Whew. Don't do that. Please do that. Whew. Yeah, yeah. Money, uh, money coming out his way. And, and I think you're right. I said to someone, we say Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls, and we say it so much that it's like when you repeat a word so often, you forget oh, what man. it means. Like We just say it like it's something. We're numb to what an insane accomplishment that is, to your point about not needing to prove anything to anyone anymore, because it, it did reek like exhaustion. Because you've seen firsthand, and we all hear so much about the TB12 method and about what he does to prepare his body each and every week, each and every offseason to get ready for the season, to have that and then come out and be a team that's barely at 500 and a team that limps into the postseason and for him to be getting hit as often as he wants. I'm sure there's a part of it where he says, I can't keep doing that. And then also the desires, I'm sure, like you mentioned, to go be with his family, to go maybe get a start on broadcasting now that he's seen Greg Olson balling a little too hard in his chair. Yeah, Greg, Greg Olson's got the Arthur Fist meme just gripping <laughs> real tight because Tom's about to come and be number one. I'm like, oh, man, and we love Greg. 
Jeez. Yeah, we do. We we love that. We love that for Greg. So it, it, it makes sense. I, I believe it for Tom. And now I know we kind of did it all last year. We did all of the recollecting, but I'm curious from your perspective, because we all saw the gigantic winning machine. We all saw that from the outside. For someone that was his teammate, what was your perception of him before you got to that Patriots locker room? And then how did it change, if at all, once you got to go to work with him every day? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people, you, you have a reverence for him just because you've you've seen. I mean, I played against him. He'd come back and beat me three different, three or four different separate times in dramatic fashion. He'd beat me down two or three times on different teams, and you, you have reverence for what he's been able to accomplish. Um, and then you think, you know, he's probably a pretty intense guy. You know, you're not sure about how he interacts in the locker room and as, as a teammate. And then you get there. Um, my circumstances were wild to even, you know, be added to a team, let alone a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady team. But I was uh, coming off the injury. I was in camp in New Orleans and was technically a free agent. So I came into workout to show them my injury had healed. Worked out for Bill and was on my way home. And, uh, you know, Bill does all the personnel decisions. And I'm literally, you know, they kept me an extra day. I think he was trying to tinker with the edge of the roster I'm like, fine, like, man, I got to go home. Um, so I, I fly back here to Texas, and I have a layover. And I remember as soon as my wheels touched down on a layover, er, I hear, zzz, and my agent's like, hey, Bill wants to bring you in, like, sign you. I was like, okay. So I'm in Dulles, D.C. I got a hop terminal. This is at, like, midnight. Fly back to Boston. I get to Boston, like, 1 a.m. They have a, a, a QC guy come pick me up in the minivan. I drive down to Foxborough in the middle of the night. I wake up at like 5 a.m., sign my contract. Um, Damn. Me and Antonio Brown signed on the same, like, the, like minutes <laughs> oh, apart from Jesus. each other, by the way. <laughs> if, if, if that, just to put a, you know, give y'all some sense of time uh, and how things sure. were and what, when that was. Oh, uh, but I signed on a Wednesday morning, and they th- I go to meetings, but they throw me right into a walkthrough. And obviously my head's spinning. Um, I had – very little familiarity with their offense and the way they did things. But from the moment, there was just an obvious like gravity about him. Um, and just like this process we're you know, they do fast, uh, they just mental, mentally um, fatiguing walkthroughs. Like that is meant to stress mm-hmm. you out mm-hmm. so that practices and games are kind of like nothing, but I'm in there brand new and he, you know, he holds the standard up, but he was definitely like understanding like, Oh, you literally just got here. But I jump in there and all day he's talking to me all day. He's just like, you have any questions? Let me know. And I'm learning little by little. That's the Wednesday. I ended up starting at tackle right tackle on the Sunday it down in Miami, the flight of Miami and same thing all the way leading up to the game. Any questions? Like he was just being a, a teammate, like a person. And that was the, kind of shattered any of the, you know, the high and mighty stuff that people get about him. It's just like, he's a, he is as close to a dude as someone of that stature can be. Treat you well, like a human, a good teammate, obviously holds you accountable. He holds himself to such a high standard, but like is a very understanding person, but intense, like the ultimate competitor. And um, that's what I got from being there. You know, I ended up starting 10 more games, uh, that well, that game, I have to flip to left tackle in the middle of the game. You know how hard that is. But start 10 more games, but just still the same guy. Um, ultimate, just prep preparer, 
during the week. And uh, but not a person you couldn't just approach. That's the that's the part that just kind of blew away your expectations that you could approach him with most things. Um, he's dealing with his whatever he's dealing with, but he was not bigger than the rest of the guys around you. And that for someone who's literally an international astro, international figure, that's just a wild thing to see in person, experience in person. Yeah, I think that really is, and that's something Brandon and I have had former teammates that you know wound up going through New England and being teammates with them there. Kyle Rudolph, one of our good buddies, was with him down in Tampa. And that is kind of the one thing you do here universally is despite the fact, especially now, he's 45. I mean, what does he have in common with exactly. most of the players inside that locker room? Yep. And yet finding a way to connect like that, having the reputation we saw the chug off among so many quarterbacks in the last <laughs> two years. I did always hear that Tom Brady he could put down a beer better than you would imagine a guy who's as prettied up as he could. So yeah, I don't know sure. if you I, saw that firsthand or not, but I didn't see the beers, but I saw him eat a donut one time. And I was, I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, he, carbs, carbs, wow. sugar, breaking news. He 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 indulged himself, and I was like, this. This feels like something that needs to be documented, but I'm not going to do that because that's weird. But it, that was uh, the only experience I have comparable to that is one time I walked through the ESPN cafeteria and I saw Adrian Wojnarowski and Adam Schefter eating lunch with their phones not on the table. Oh wow! And I was flabbergasted. I'm like, wow. So nothing. I know nothing was going to happen for that half hour period because the only two people that could make it happen were right there. So that's <clears> about <throat> the only thing I have as close to Tom Brady eating a donut. <laughs> That must have been a sense of calm in the room, just like the world mm. has stopped spinning for like at least 10 to 15 minutes with those two. It's like when you see a Western and both the gunslingers put their guns down on top of the table, <laughs> but then you also realize they've got another one right underneath pointed both at each other. Anytime it could go off in there. Right, right. Yeah. we. Well, uh, right. In, sorry, go ahead, Brent. No, please, please. In New England, they would get the you know equipment guys would get these. I forgot the name of the place. But these donuts every Saturday, you know, Saturday's a little lighter. You're either walking through, you're traveling. And uh, I'm in my locker just, you know, talking to whoever's next to me. And I see him go over there and snag a donut. I'm like, did you just see this? Like, I'm like, it's like Steve Irwin. Like, look at this. It's a, a royal Tom Brady eating a cob. I'm like, what? Um, so he's just like us in a lot of ways. In some ways, not a lot. So, yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about the money that's waiting on him a little bit. And I, we, we, you could, we could spend more time talking about him. That's going to be the easiest money he's ever earned, which is crazy well, to I, think about. Well, I want to know. Actually, you talk about how much he prepares for things and how he's just been automatically good at a lot of things that he's done. He's worked to get there. How do you think he's going to transition to calling games and, and, and taking criticism? I think that that's one of the things that comes early with that is like, Tom Brady hasn't been in a position to take real criticism from actual people that know more ab about something than he does. So, like, mm. him being coachable in that spot, like, what should we expect for him at Fox? That's a good question because you think about, you know, the first guys that come to mind in, in that vein is, is Tony Romo and now this year, well, Troy Aikman too, but this year, Greg Olson. And yeah, the thing that I think has been consistent with all three of those guys is that they've – to certain to different degrees, but overall, they've stayed themselves and worked around the actual coverage and the artistry, the craft of broadcasting. Um, but I'm curious what Fox is going to ask him to do because it, 
This could just be, hey, Tom, we want your brain's context added to the game, but we don't need you to, you know, get coached up on, you know, not stepping on the color guy or like those intricate things that a broadcast needs because you're you. You have so much to offer by just being you. I would say Tony Romo, which maybe it's wearing off. We, we Everyone loved the authentic emotion, excitement he had for the game. And now we're like, Tony, can you just shut up for a second? And then Greg, who's a, who was a tight end in the NFL, but knows about every position and adds so much uh, depth to the coverage. I, I, I wonder what they're going to ask and what, or what he'll – what he'll want to actually be, is he going to be like, I'm going to show up to work. This is a new thing to conquer. I'm going to do whatever they ask me to do to be the best broadcaster ever, which would make sense. Or is he just going to be like, I'm Tom Brady. Uh, I'm just going to, if I see something that I I remember from my playing days, which is everything and a ton, I'm going to add some context and y'all work around it. Y'all figure it out. So that, that doesn't seem like his character, but We've also never had someone of his stature depart straight from a Hall of Fame career into this. So it'll be interesting to see just kind of how both on the production side and from his personal, you know, approach to all this, how it goes. I am fascinated with that because the closest comp we'll have is what just went on with Drew Brees as far as a future Hall of Famer who dropped right into this. And then to Brandon's point about criticism, immediately he's like, I don't need to take this. I'm rich. Uh I'll take my ball and go home. But another guy, talk about diligent preparation, all the things, wasn't a dominant physical skill set. So I had to overcome that with the neck up stuff that both of those quarterbacks are famous for. Because I always think about with all-time great, my dad always told the story about Reggie White trying to teach them the hump move during an individual period mm. where their D-line coach gave him the period and said, Reggie, I want you to show these guys you know it better than I ever could. And my dad said Reggie kind of stood there and tried to go through it for a couple minutes and then looked at the coach. He's like, man, I just know how to do it. I don't know mm. how to teach it. Like yeah. Reggie was such a physical genius. He couldn't describe that to lesser talented people. With Tom, like you said, he's been so aware of what's everyone's job as the quarterback. How can I make everyone comfortable? He was never going to blow you away going back to the combine picture with physical ability. And so he's always been a study work through it guy. But for Drew, that wasn't enough. There's still got to be an aptitude for how you walk into that situation. I, I saw some people supposing about how they may use him in the Super Bowl broadcast this year. And do you put him in there as a third with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson and use him sometimes? Because, again, this is his dojo. The Super Mm -hmm. Bowl is his house. I don't know what award's going to eventually be named for Tom Brady, but (laughs) some sort of Super Bowl MVP or something around that game feels like it could be right for it. So this is his area of expertise and kind of weaning him into it like that since you're going to pay him more than he made as a player over the Um, 10-year life of this deal might be the opportune time yeah i mean he it'll, it's gonna be you know he he is worth you maneuvering all of the things that you've done around him at least in the short term just to get him on air just to get him in the atmosphere uh eyeballs on tv and then yeah like him personally it'll be a different life uh commentating giving you know, context, and then people immediately popping back, whether it's informed or not, but giving their opinion. And I don't think he, 
he's been pretty savvy with social media, but he has a team. I think he has a buffer, but it's not always avoidable. And I think with the Drew Brees part, I think Drew Brees started doing this and was like, this is a full, full-time job. This is a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of travel. I'm not sure I want to do this, and I don't have to. Yeah. Like you said, I'm rich. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll just see his aptitude for it all because, like, you do play for this long, and you're like, man, I've done thousands of game plans. Uh, I don't know if this is something that, you know, he might say, I don't know if this is something that I want to spend my time doing, especially knowing that how much time of your kids you've missed and think we don't even know what Tom Brady likes to do. We're not, we're not sure. Right. Tom Brady might, might like to go crochet and golf. And he know he likes to golf, but just like, we're not sure if he wants to just go do something else. That crocheting might be real. 80 for Brady. He looked real comfortable on that red carpet with all those ladies. He looked like he might want to spend some more time slowing life down a little bit, going and living in a yoga class or visiting like, um, what's his name from Ted Lasso who goes and watches the, um, goes and watches reality TV with the ladies club. Maybe that's his life now. Yes. Oh yeah. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be just be in real time. We're all going to find out like, you know, Obviously, we see the money and we're like, oh, I'd do that. I, you, you know, you every average person's like, I'd do that. But he's a different cat. And so it'll just be, we're all going to find out together, it feels like. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Well, the difference between him and, and Drew Brees and Roy Kent, for that matter, <laughs> is uh, I think Tom Brady's personality is still a mystery to the greater public. Mm. Like, I think we, we understand how good he is. Uh, speaking to the media, uh, even with Jim Gray on his podcast, he MF'd him and then said, thank you for asking the question. You know what I mean? Like, it just like I'm we ran to the screen to see Tony Romo after waffling on a decision become this this new version of his or just show his personality. Uh, but Tom Brady, his personality is like greatness. It's like his personality is right. like not making mistakes. So it's very I'm going to be watching 
just like just inquisitively. Right. I think everyone wants to see Tampa Tom more than New England Tom from a personality right. standpoint. We, we want to see the Tom that 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 may or may not have gotten carried off the boat uh, by some by some friends slumped over because that's a relatable Tom. We're all like, I think he gained a lot of points in people's eyes because he's like, okay, you're a little sl- you little slizzard after the Super Bowl win as you should be. Like good for you. Throwing that so. Super Bowl, hey man, who among throwing us? that Super Bowl trophy boat to boat was right. Who among yeah? Who among us hasn't dented a Super Bowl trophy throwing it from boat to boat? I mean, who among us at a base level hasn't gone to Florida to get a little bit drunker and looser? Brandon, you just moved to Florida now, and I'm sure your BAC yeah. just oh, okay. rises above the legal limit almost every day out of nowhere. You're a Florida man now. Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> Florida man. Dangerous. Dangerous out here, man. Oh my God. It is. It, it's going to be really interesting to watch the next phase because Tom Brady has been the marker for so many of our lives. His sports totality has been my adult lifetime watching, playing, and then going back to watching sports all over again. So it, it feels like, especially now, he's gone, Eli's gone, Peyton's gone, Breeze is gone, Roethlisberger, yeah. like Rogers the only one that, like, of, the, of that ilk of that era that's still around. And it, him, maybe Matt Ryan, and we're all just like, we're, it's like the end of those movies where it's like the Sandlot when guys are starting to disappear, and we're all just we're getting sentimental because like that was your childhood, and <laughs> one true. by one. I'd love to see the one by one freeze frame of like the story they put up for each of the quarterbacks. Like Philip Rivers went on to coach high school football and have nine <laughs> more kids. <laughs> It'll be wait. You brought up uh, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, another guy, you were drafted by the Green Bay Packers. You spent your early years there. Seeing what he's going through very publicly now as they're this will-he-won't-he with the Packers organization, do you think he'll be back in Green Bay next year, or do you think that marriage is over? That feels like a a fractured relationship. Um, And I think as a general public, I think people are just tired of the the back and forth because – you know, he to his credit and to his his privilege, he's he's used Green Bay, you know, for leverage. And maybe I'll go. I mean, I'll retire. I don't know if I want to do this. And they end up offering him fifty million dollars. Good for you, but that act wears thin eventually, both to the 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 Green Bay the the front office side, but to the fans too. People, you know. They only like to be manipulated so much by a superstar. Like there, there's a limit even for Aaron Rodgers, and so that feels like a fractured relationship. Um, I think both sides are very much aware that they've come up short the last two, three years, um, and so the whole if we just run it back, well, it's like what are we running it back with? Um, I don't know how close we are to where Mahomes and where the Eagles are right now, so. I don't think either one would be a reset, but they both might need a, a new change of scenery. And maybe that change of scenery is retiring for Aaron. I, I think he still wants to prove a little bit more, and we'll see. Uh, it'll be hard for people to grasp him not being a Packer his entire career, but that just feels like there's just been too many hurt, too much hurt, too much pettiness, too much passive aggression. 
I think that it's just run its course. In my I mean, it's the, kind of like the child of divorce type thing. This is Brett Favre all over again. He yeah. is doomed to repeat what he came in on the front end of, yeah. which I know has Jets fans probably very excited considering <laughs> they've already been doing the jersey mock-ups here. And then I guess Minnesota too should start to think about their future with Aaron Rodgers. Oof. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's just a wild thing to think about. Well, the the drama between he and the Green Bay Packers is one thing. I think the NFC North kind of bounced them up out of there. The, the one time where the Detroit Lions, I, mm. I, I don't want to do that, be that guy, but it was all cool for him when he was the leader of the entire division. Now yeah. there's some competition, and he's looking for greener pastures. This. The San Francisco angle of this is also interesting to me now just because of Tom Brady retiring, mm. since their quarterback situation is one that feels volatile with all the injuries, Brock Purdy and the UCL, um, Trey Lance and what he dealt with with his leg injury and procedures this fall. And I always wondered if that was going to be sort of the Dark Knight Rises situation in their desperation. They turned to someone mm-hmm. they didn't understand right. and Aaron Rodgers who just wants to watch the world mm-hmm. burn and who fits very well into what Kyle and company want to do inside that offense so I, I don't know what do you think about a fit there because staying in the NFC if you're going to leave would probably be the priority given what lurks on the other side of the NFL right now yeah I, I get what you're saying and I, I see it too but also he's still under contract so that would have to come via a trade and I don't know I don't see Green Bay trading him to not only within the NFC but the, the reigning division champ and uh, one of the NFC conference uh, uh, finalists. Um, but I, I do agree it makes sense. You know, he'd be in California where he's from. There's all that connections that we've tried to make over the years, but, you know, I don't know who made the point, but there's, you know, that comes with pressure if that ends up being a thing on him of this is a, we all think or assume is a Super Bowl ready team, a quarterback away. Um, we were watching potentially Brock Purdy try to take them to the Super Bowl before he hurts his elbow. So anything less than a Super Bowl in that situation, we were looking at Aaron Rodgers a little differently. I, I'm not because of his talent and who I know him to be from a physical standpoint, but from a leader of men and as someone who break, who drags their team over the hump, we're all looking at him a little differently. If, the, if that happens and they somehow falter – so that's a that's a tough one. Um, I think there are other landing spots that make sense or ones that might open up, but it's not as cut and dry as we as we might think. I don't think. No, and the 49ers angle you brought up the pressure on him. That's also a lot of pressure that doesn't exist right now on Kyle Shanahan, who is largely looked at as one of the solutions and not the problem. He just got a third stringer to the NFC Championship around that team. He's had two straight defensive coordinators who are going on to be coveted head coaching candidates. He's been Midas touch with all that. All of a sudden, you bring Aaron in, and it's anything south of a Super Bowl. It's like, well, why can't you make it work with a good guy? Mm. What's wrong with you? Mm. Yeah, the that, I didn't think about the mutual extent of that. But, yeah, I mean, we, we've we given him the moniker of, of genius, uh, the, the way he schemes people, you know, in the offense, and he's got endless positionless players and all this other stuff. But, uh, you know, it's crazy how the pressure mounts when you – the ultimate goal, just if you don't even get there. I mean, he was there with Jimmy G a few years ago, but it feels like they're – we're so close but also so far this year – and yeah, people are going to start to ask questions. They're going to start to wonder, like, is there a missing? Is there something missing from this equation? He's also got to deal with losing D'Amico Ryan's and what that's going to look like. 
Um, so I think that's valid. I think that's very valid. Well, when, I feel like that whole team is going to have to look different just to get him on the roster, which is one of like uh, it automatically not becomes a, a, super, a team that can't compete for the Super Bowl because they got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're working with, you know, minus Jimmy G, who's on a reduced contract for a veteran. But, yeah, two quarterbacks on rookie deals, and that's allowed a lot of flexibility. And Aaron Rodgers' contract does not allow the same thing. And the PA is not going to let him take a sweetheart deal to let that happen. That's just not how things work anymore. So you're right. It's going to be fascinating to watch that happen for him. Uh, Marshall, I did want to look at just briefly. Now, when you got to Green Bay, I know you were ended up on IR at the end of your rookie season, right? When you guys went to the Super Bowl in Green Bay? Yeah, like, we, you know, I was uh, a rookie. I wasn't playing, but I was taking the reps for the veterans at tackle and um, had a back spasm in week 16. And they were just like, they don't want to end up this being something that, that takes longer and the, the window for I, for IR and signing people closes. And so they put me on IR. I was literally the day after they signed a guy, I was healthy. So I had to watch part of the run from the PT, but um, yeah, that, that season was, was kind of crazy just because we were a team that was limping in. But I remember looking back, we had lost five, five of our six games by like a field goal. It was just like, we were there in every single game. And then you see Aaron just turn it on and, and do the Super Saiyan thing. You're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this this is why he's built different. So yeah. I, 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 what are these two weeks like then in the lead up? What's that gap for as far as the team's preparation-wise and dealing with all the noise that's about to come up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're embracing this first week because it's your last week at home. So you know you're eventually going to have to go out to the, the, the Super Bowl site Um so you're getting guys their last bits of real PT, uh, you know, treatment and all that stuff. And you're getting probably the end of the week before you leave, you're going to hit a little bit um, to get just like the best version of um, game simulation that you can. And so that guy's bodies can then kind of do a whole cycle of rest and recovery. Um, and then, yeah, you're you're all prepping to leave. You're, you're packing a bag and you're getting ready for media day and just the frenzy that happens when you get there. Um, but uh, as, as a team, you're just everything that like you thought was capable possible was right in front of you. And that's the wild part is just like, Oh man, all this, all that work that we reported in April comes down to like one game. That's, that's nuts. That's nuts that all this is going to be on one game and it's going to take two weeks to get here. So you're trying to just compartmentalize, you know, you, you had, there's a little bit of lightness, but there's also like, all right, because you have those first few days because there's not a game this weekend. So you kind of get to the stress of, you know, every Sunday, every Sunday is alleviated. But you're also just like, all right, this is our last bit before it just goes insane. So I remember our practices were intense. I, I, I was standing around for those practices and we were doing inside drill, everything. And that's not how everyone does it. But um we were not going to let like the moment pass you by of like, Hey, we've already given enough this season. Let's not stop now. And um, I'm sure each team approaches a little differently, but there was a, a sense of determination for sure. Once guys took, took a couple days and kind of got settled, like, Oh, this is it. Like all your energy focus for 10 more days, nine more days, eight more days. And then you travel. And next thing you know, it's on top of you. 
Yeah, it, it, that feeling and realization of the whole eyes of the sport being on you, being the last two teams in the dance is a, a really, really unique spot to be. Uh, before we let you go, I mean, you know, we're hopeful we'll see you out there in Scottsdale, but looking at the two teams in this, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, on one side with the Chiefs sort of limping into this with some guys hurt on their team versus this Philadelphia Eagles team that's just mud stomped their way through the NFC. What's your early read on this game? What do you like? Yeah, I think the the big storylines are obviously the quarterbacks. And, like, we haven't seen Jalen Hurts have to really, like, scrap yet. Uh, they've built the team in such a way where uh, it's been, you know, give him all the credit in the world, but it's been every position he's it's loaded for bear. And so I'm excited to see if, you know, Kansas City is going to pose a problem, especially if, if they get up on, on Philly. And I want Jalen Hurts to scrap. I want to see. Uh, I have no no doubts about his his grittiness and his determination. But when have they had real adversity this season in game uh, where there's urgency? And so I want to see that. I I love their O line. Obviously, I love Lane and Mylata and Kelsey and those dudes are just incredible. They can do every scheme in the book. They pass pass protect their asses off, uh, and that's given Jalen the best chance to be his best self. Um, and then obviously Pat, the, the quality of his ankle, we saw what he could do on, you know, basically nothing, uh, on a peg leg, on a flamingo leg, uh, he'll be a little bit healthier. And I think he's a guy that we're starting to do that thing where we act like getting to five straight AFC championships is like a walk in the park. We're starting to do that thing where we're going to like, where he's obviously the MVP, but we're making up reasons because we might be a little bored already, which is insane. Uh, he's that dude. And so I think having a Super Bowl under his belt, that pressure's gone. He lost when his team wasn't as good. Uh, and, you know, and he had to, he made some Superman stuff, but just couldn't get it done. He's over the hump of, you know, I got through Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. I'm here now. I just think, his determination to just put himself in the record books before he's 30. He's 28, 27. It's just crazy to think about. So I'm excited for that, man. I don't know how Philly, you know, he's he's changed his game so much this year, which is crazy. Like, you know, losing Tyreek, he's had to just be like, all right, who's open? Which has been bad for the rest of the league. <laughs> we all, we're all worried. Like, oh, what's he do without Tyreek? Oh, he's going to be better. Uh, without Tyreek, because he's got to spread it around. Uh, you know, Philly's got two great corners, a great uh, defense, a deep defensive line rotation. Man, this is going to be a hell of a game. I think people are 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 not. You know, I think we're not really understanding how cool of a matchup this is for so many reasons. But mm -hmm. just on each level of the football, there's good football to be played. There's not a lot of weak points where you're like. Oh man, someone's going to struggle. It's going to be ugly. Like no, these are going to be good on good. Uh, and the, the reason this the, what's the spread a point and a half. Like yeah. this is going to be a crazy, crazy Super Bowl. And I think the Super Bowl we deserve. Both number ones, both talented, packed deep. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. And you want to see the best people come through. Uh, I'm excited for Pat. Excited, excited for Jalen. Texas high school quarterbacks. Mm. Um, that's Talk been about it. You know, two first two black quarterbacks, um, a lot of cool storylines, so it'll be fun, man. 
it's going to be a blast. Marshall, we hope we get to see you out there uh, during Super Bowl week, man. We appreciate you giving us some time and taking us inside a couple of uh, Hall of Fame careers and certainly this road to the Super Bowl, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Fellas, I appreciate it as always. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Brandon, I know you uh, know what happened when Bobby Boucher came back at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, so I'll ask you another question. Do you know what time it is? Okay. You know I do, Mike. Think about Tom Brady. There's a lot of stuff going on, but, you know, at the end of the day, we'll miss him, right? So I'll talk to him real quick. Seems like yesterday we used to watch you throw. I laced the track, you locked the flow. So far from combine looking for dough. Thomas Edward Patrick, they got to know that life ain't always what it seems to be. Words can't express what you mean to me. Even though you're gone, we're still a team. Through your family, we fulfill your dream. In the future, I can't wait to see if you even call a game with me. Reminisce sometimes, the night Eli, Eli took your grin. Tried to black it out, but Giants won again. When it's in your knees, feelings hard to conceal. Can't imagine all the pain you feel. Give anything, feel half your breath. I know you still be the goat after that. Every step I take, every move I make, every single day, every time I pray, I be standing in the dark, thinking of the day. You finally That's probably the most involved remix of a song you've done so far. Befitting of Tom Brady in his career, for sure. <sighs> Thank you, Mike. I just uh, wanted to give the proper send-off to somebody I have a lot of mixed feelings about. I know. You set a defensive tone on this podcast, both with your mere presence and with the Bobby Boucher jersey for the YouTube audience there. As always, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And tell Brandon how much you appreciate the lyrical prowess that went into that. Um, Brandon, 
Let's uh, let's get to this, that, and the third. Uh, three quick stories to finish off the day. And this is a bit of an update on a story we talked about. Jaden Rashada in the case of the $13 million NIL deal at Florida that wasn't. For anyone that missed it, highly rated, 31st ranked prospect playing quarterback, had originally signed with Florida during the early signing period. Yesterday was the late signing period, the second day that used to be the normal one. But when the NIL Collective at Florida backed out of the $13.5 million deal, he requested his release from Florida's letter of intent and ended up signing with Arizona State University, which is a huge coup for Kenny Dillingham, first-year coach over there, the former OC at Oregon that takes over there. He's the first ESPN 300 commit for Kenny Dillingham and Arizona Mm. State this cycle. Gives them a great bit of momentum. Uh, Worth noting, Jaden Rashada's father, actually played at Arizona State back in the day. He said, I want to keep this short and let it be known. I'll be attending ASU, my childhood dream school, my father's alma mater, and a place where I'm happy and a school where the head coach has always had my back, which I thought was interesting given the background of what just went on. Mike, do you think ASU has deeper pockets or they have them in a different uh, pay-as-you-go, pay-as-you-play program so this is interesting two sources told espn the rashada family wasn't focused on nil deals in the second process and a source of the family made it clear they didn't want to engage with the nil deals with asu's collective prior to his signing so Mm. it wasn't a factor in the ways that we talk about with the florida case we'll see what happens now that he is there he joins notre dame drew up uh drew pine who transferred there BYU transferred Jacob Conover and then three-star Israel Carter, who comes uh, in this class as well. Oh, Drew Pine's got to be pissed, right? Um, (laughs) Wait a minute, though. Speaking of, uh, I didn't have a childhood place that I wanted to go play college football. So, uh, And you obviously did uh, with the University of Notre Dame, God Country, Notre Dame. How much money would you have to have taken per year not to play college football at Notre Dame? Um. Probably thirteen and a half million dollars over four years. Like I'd have been like, can you guys at least be ballpark? Can we get close? Can we touch something? But I don't know, man. Thirteen and a half is thirteen and a half. However, you split it, and I love Notre Dame, and I wouldn't trade y'all for the world. And if there's any part of this someone's going to clip, there's no amount of money you could have paid me not to go to Notre Dame. The pride and tradition of Notre Dame will not be left to the weak, timid, and non-committed. But if you slip Mm. me thirteen five, I swear to God, I'd jump. Uh, I mean, that's. Like honestly, uh, yeah, I, anyone with a Notre Dame degree, if I turned down thirteen and a half million dollars, to be clear, I was not a player worth thirteen and a half million dollars. But in the alternate reality where I was, anyone with a Notre Dame degree probably would have said, "Yeah, you need to make thirteen and a half million dollars before you're twenty-two. That'd be pretty cool." Hey, yeah, I, I know this isn't like uh, the right thing to say, but I know for a fact I wouldn't know what to do with that money. So I don't know if I would be rushing to get it. If that makes sense, like I'm, I'm, I may have been like too practical in in that. You know what the that, easiest uh, way to learn what courting. to do with that money is? Get it. Find out after you get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't learn without doing, Brandon. That's day one that. stuff. I can see that. We'll see what Jaden Rashad is able to do with all that. Congratulations to him. Big friend. Kenny Dillingham did a lot, harnessed all the good in Bo Nix. So this is going to be a place that if he goes and shows out quickly is going to prove itself as a nice quarterback landing opportunity for guys in that offense that we saw do so well. Uh, Brandon, let's get to that. News in the NFL. 
Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa just cleared concussion protocol yesterday, a source told ESPN. NFL Network was first to report that news. But remember, he had two diagnosed concussions. We know that there were the scary instances during the year that prompted the NFL to change its concussion protocol rules where Tua Tungavailoa missed part of six games this season with concussions in week four and week 16. So happy that he is now clear of that worried that it took that long we know and have heard from plenty of medical experts not every concussion is the same for every person it's non-linear recovery wise and so the fact that he's out of that protocol and now is going to be in the decision-making process of his offseason wondering what his future of football looks like yeah mike that that's really scary for me um obviously like you said it can take a long time to come back from when we've had plenty of guys that you know it took longer like there's a specific test you have to you know pass and get a specific score to get past it and you know some people just aren't there uh in their recovery but i worry for tua in a way that i've never worried for tua before like even with all the injuries that came before even got to the nfl i'm concerned for him in a very real way and i hope he makes the right decision for himself but it just it's 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 a scary place to be in it's it's so different for every player. We remember going through this with Luke Keekley, a guy who was our age peer wise, and you see him True. take slight hits and he's in tears dealing with the concussion symptoms that he had back then. You know, yeah. I know personally for me and my family, my brother in law, Ben Broniker, who played tight end for the Chicago Bears, dealt with concussions in his final season and knew he wanted to go to medical school. He's in medical school now, and so was very hyper aware of making sure he did right by his long-term plan. So everyone's got a different vantage point in the way they come to this. It's ultimately to his decision, and that's the way that it should be. But it is one, uh, you know, Chris Greer, the Dolphins GM, said that they will enter the 23 season with Tua as their starter, that doctors in Miami have spoken to don't think his concussions will leave him more susceptible. But this is still an area we're learning a lot of information about. So well wishes to Tua. Glad to hear he's doing better. And we will all wait to see if, you know, his younger brother, Talia, who's at Maryland, spoke out and said he thinks his brother's going to come back out and keep playing during bowl season. But uh, we got some time to go before we get to that point. Brandon? Let's get to the third. The W is having an offseason, man. Man. Brianna Stewart, the prize free agent jewel of this offseason and former league MVP, has announced that she will be playing for the New York Liberty, leaving the Seattle Storm where she won two titles in seven years, the team that drafted her. Uh, Brandon, this is another super team in the works now. She joins former number one overall pick out of Oregon, Sabrina Ionescu, and then John Quell Jones, the 2021 WNBA MVP, who just came over from Connecticut this offseason. So them and the Aces, it's like that scene in Godzilla versus Kong where the guy is like, let them fight. That's what it's going to be like when these two teams lace it up, man. And I'm I'm excited to see it. Obviously, uh, I haven't mentioned or we haven't mentioned Becky Hammond. Obviously, now being the, the head coach of the Aces. Um, one thing I love about Stewie is that it's her social media. The fact that she like speaks in emojis, and yeah, we never really have to or get to hear her speak at all. And she's like, like giving out hints and messages and you like puzzles. Like I'm so envious of that because to be in a position where you could just communicate via emojis is is a special it's rarefied air 
It is. It's gifted. Her and Matt Rule, apparently, in college football, who's decided to only communicate in emojis. Uh, but yeah, that was a big part of Stewie's free agency was reading through all the cryptic emoji tea. But also mm. on a much more large scale front, she made it clear in all of her free agent visits. And she met with the Liberty, the Storm, the Minnesota Lynx and the Washington Mystics that mm-hmm. Chartered air travel was a key factor in her free agency. She's one yes. of the ones that led the charge this offseason in a conversation that we saw John Morant say he'd pitch in on. Kyrie Irving was very vocal on about trying to change that as the baseline for WNBA travel, citing that it's a huge uh, source of player health and safety, their wellness and not having to do. I remember uh, Chanae and her sister NECA this last year for the Sparks, they got stranded their team overnight and had to spend the night in an airport in the middle of a season. And we already know travel especially for basketball where you're playing so many games in a given year that stuff adds up over time her agent came out and said um stewie's free agency is the story of the WNBA at an inflection point players understand their value the potential of the w and are eager partners in growing a business that has incredible momentum so brianna stewart says that she has you know pledged to donate uh or excuse me made a said, although uh, none of the teams involved can make a direct pledge, this is a salary cap issue. A lot of people think she's moved the needle enough to make this a real conversation going forward. Joe Sy, who's the owner of the New York Liberty, has also been someone who's been talking about this publicly for a while and been a proponent of this. So I I will be very curious to see if she's been able to leverage a situation that certainly benefits her personally in free agency into something that betters the league. That's something the women of the W have always done a really great job of, is understanding it's going to take all 144 of us to enact change in whatever realm we want to do it in and this time Stewie in her moment trying to look out for the rest of the league in the process yeah I mean her going to New York is looking out for the rest of the league in a, in a very real way and, and, and linking up with Sabrina like I, I think that the two powers uh, coast to coast could move mountains for for the WNBA do you think people will forgive the Empire State Building? In her announcement video, she was taking off her uh, Storm jersey and putting on a Liberty jersey, and then the picture next to it was the Empire State Building lit up with Stewie written on the side after coming off a weekend where it famously flew Eagles colors for a little bit. I, I feel like it's too little too late, Brandon, but New York is a basketball town, like she said, so maybe this will be enough. And New York also has the formula for eyes. I believe the uh, social media account for the Empire State Building gained about 100,000 followers over these last couple of days since the, the lighting. So, Damn. Hey, somebody's doing something right. We got, we got, got. The final form of this is the Empire State Building has a Super Bowl commercial that we're not ready for. Oh, man. God help us all. God help you if you make it to the end of this podcast. As always, we appreciate you if you do. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well under the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. playlist. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Boom. Money in the bank.